Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows. It's presented by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you in part by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use the promo code SGP and claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways. And put yourself in the running for a $1 million cash top prize. Use the promo code SGP. Get your share of $100 million in prizes. It's only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book with the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, or any other betting action? Well, you need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to BetQL.co and enter the code SGP20 for a 20% off discount on your first subscription. That's BetQL.co and the promo code SGP20. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code SGP20. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Finally, don't forget to sign up for the Free Roll Football Contest, where we're giving away up to $5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up for free today. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matchups pro and college football with just one catch we're only interested in underdogs who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset time to find out it's three dog thursday now here's your host tj reeves the calendar changes over to the month of september and it is great to be back with you on the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs well and we do talk about other things as we've done during the entire pandemic the spring the summer and now we are here on the cusp of college football beginning for real with a bunch of games this week and this weekend full slate coming up the following weekend excited to talk nfl football eventually as well and much more welcome in here to three dog thursday i'm merely your somewhat lucid somewhat capable host great to be back with you i've got a couple of guests coming up ready to break down lots and lots of football on the program brian edwards will be here majorwager.com and vegas insider i love uh, brian's insight on all things but specifically college football he's got a bunch of nuggets and we've got underdogs underdogs to be talking about on the show wolf wolf 
uh, several Rovers to keep an eye on, starting with the Thursday night games as well as Saturday, including my alma mater. I'll say it for the first time on the podcast. Go Tigers, go. The Memphis Tigers and the Arkansas State Red Wolves. They used to be the Indians. I always think of them as the Indians when they came across the the Mississippi River from Jonesboro uh, for the rivalry game. So that is Saturday night. ESPN will show it all over the country again. There's a limited number of games this week because the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 not playing as of yet. So you've got American Conference, Sunbelt, Conference USA, Independence playing uh, like Army playing Middle Tennessee State, uh, BYU traveling for Labor Day night, that uh, primetime slot that always has seemingly been reserved now in the last few years for an ACC matchup. Well, it's now BYU at Navy uh, in Annapolis, and Brian Edwards is going to have thoughts on that game, and the Middies are an underdog right now. Interesting reversal on that spread for entertainment purposes uh, here on Three Dog Thursday that Navy was favored uh, back as recently a week ago. Now they're an underdog in this game heading towards the weekend and Labor Day night. So we look forward to talking with Brian about those games. Brian will have some thoughts on some other college news and players opting out for the season. We've got all the Big Ten conversation that we're going to be talking about, not only with Brian, but with my next guest uh, as well. But Brian, a lot on on college football. And then he'll also have some thoughts on the NBA as we're heading now to the conference finals, conference semifinal play going on uh, right now in the NBA, heading towards eventually a late September, early October NBA finals. Brian has got some underdog plays, and already we've seen some upsets in the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs. So he'll be talking some NBA basketball as well here on the show. Um, and, and and then right after him, we'll talk much more about the Big Ten situation that's ongoing. And I'll have some thoughts on this in a second, as well as a bunch of NFL. We're a week away. It is Three Dog Thursday. And as it stands right now, pushing full steam ahead. Yes, being mindful of coronavirus, COVID-19, being mindful of social distancing, wearing a mask, health and safety regulations. Oh, yes, NFL football to be back next Thursday night. Next Three Dog Thursday, we're talking Chiefs, Texans, and the start to the NFL 2020 crazy, bizarre roller coaster season. Buckle up and get ready. But we're, we're a week away now. Uh, from the Chiefs, the defending champs, playing the Texans in a playoff rematch. So Anthony Beck, who actually played for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for a season. Beck, the former draft pick of the New York Jets, a first-round pick out of West Virginia, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He also works with the Jets and their radio and multimedia coverage. Worked with Anthony for several years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio and multimedia coverage. Anthony also a bunch of television work with ESPN, New York Jets preseason when they have the games. He's got great insight on the NFL. I want to talk to him about the AFC East. We talked a lot about that last week on the show, but he's got the Jets perspective. Also, Brady and the Buccaneers. What are we supposed to talk about? Beck lives in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, The GOAT, Tom Brady, with the six Super Bowl rings, is down here in Tampa. We're getting ready for the start of the Buccaneers season. I'll get Anthony's thoughts on all of that. Uh, here on the program and let him plug some of his stuff and where you can find him more. Love me some AB, some Anthony Beck, lots of NFL talk uh, with him. And right now, as we as we hang out on Three Dog Thursday in the midweek, I am pumped again here in the Tampa Bay area for the hockey playoffs. And I, I know all over uh, Canada, they're fired up uh, because they've had the Toronto bubble going on where the Tampa Bay Lightning have emerged into the Eastern Conference Finals by knocking out the dreaded, dastardly Boston Bruins. 
yet another overtime win for my Bolts. They won back the other night uh, on Monday night in double overtime. That is now the uh, fifth. That's the fourth overtime win and the third double overtime win already in two playoff series for the Bolts. Living a cardiac charmed life at the moment in uh, in Stanley Cup hockey play. So the Bolts eliminate Boston in five games. They await the winner of the Islanders-Flyers series. The Flyers won in overtime, speaking of overtime, in game five in that one. The Islanders still, as the upstarts, lead that one three games to two. We'll see how it plays out for who's the opponent for the Lightning. And meanwhile, out west, those two series still going on between Colorado and Dallas, Vancouver and the Vegas Golden Knights. Two teams will emerge and play the Western Conference Final in Edmonton. The two Eastern teams will join them and play in the Edmonton bubble for a winner out of the East. The winners play the Stanley Cup Final at the end of this month. Stay tuned for that coming up with the hockey, but we're fired up down here, obviously, about that. We're obviously fired up, too, with some Major League Baseball, with the Tampa Bay Rays doing well. I know in some different markets, whether it's the White Sox uh, doing well, the Dodgers have the best record in baseball all the way out west. The Rays right now own the New York Yankees midweek, going into play Wednesday night. They've won seven of the nine meetings with New York this year, and we have the controversy of a blazing fastball left-handed relief pitcher, Aroldis Chapman, throwing the ball at the Rays. Different players, a couple of them, trying to send a message after one of the Yankees was hit uh, before this. Uh, Chapman giving a three-game suspension. Since when do the mighty 27-time world champion Yankees care so much about my little old Tampa Bay Rays? But apparently the Rays are in the heads of the Yankees. They even got to Garrett Cole. Uh, the other night again, and Cole already a disappointment in 2020 for the New York Yankees for the money they're paying him. What are they paying him? Like half a million dollars a pitch in New York? And the Rays beat him again the other night and continue to knock him around in this short season. So some baseball on the brain as well. But here on Three Dog Thursday, and again, however you found us, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, subscribe. And even if you found us through our friends at Sports Gambling Podcast and their network of shows, the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website, however you found us, subscribe to the show. It comes automatically to you. Uh, we want you to, to find us. Anthony Beck, by the way, will be on camera on the video uh, Q&A on, on our little modified roundtable. He's the only guest talking pro football. So find our Three Dog Thursday YouTube page as well. Go over to the, uh, Three Dog Thursday on YouTube and see the video. You're hearing it here on the audio podcast. See us, though, as well on the video podcast. So, again, I, I say to you guys, subscribe, and you get this automatically to you. And we're going to be talking a lot with Anthony about the Big Ten decision. Uh, Brian and I talked about it last week. All this, all this discussion still going on about whether they're going to start back up. I continue to consistently say they are going to play. They're going to play probably in October. Forget this ridiculous January stuff that nobody ever believed. The Big Ten's going to try to play, and they have to play in October if, they, if they're going to cram their season in and be considered for the college football playoff coming up when the rankings come out in December. So they've got to try to cram it in. Uh, I understand there is uh, there, are, there are levels to the concern, but it is more apparent to me as, as somebody that is observing this on what are the facts and, and what are truly truly the influences here. It's, it's more apparent to me with each passing day that in the Big Ten states that don't want football, this is more politically motivated than anything about liability or safety. First of all, it is absolutely ridiculous 
to assert player safety when the commissioner of the Big Ten Sun continues to stay in as a football player at Mississippi State and is about to play games for Hale State for the Bulldogs in SEC play. If the commissioner's son is safe enough to play in the Southeastern Conference, then everybody else that's screaming in the Big Ten about their sons wanting to play Big Ten football has an argument, and he has no credible response to that. A couple of other interesting points. If you're talking about liability of playing, I know Brett McMurphy was on this podcast two weeks ago here on Three Dog Thursday saying liability is a big key. All right, well, if liability is the biggest thing spooking the Big Ten presidents and and spooking them from wanting to play because of the threat of lawsuits, then you aren't playing in November. My, I mean, you know what? Honestly, you're not playing in January either. The liability is not going to be any different in those months if somebody gets coronavirus and, and, and wants to come after you. You're making them sign waivers anyway, that they understand the risk that they're taking. So the, the liability, don't buy it. Fans, do not buy it. Wherever you're hearing this show, in the South, the Northeast, the West, uh, the Southwest, the Upper Midwest, wherever you're hearing this in Big Ten country especially, don't buy what they're selling on liability being the reason. The more that we go along with the developments this week that Donald Trump, the President of the United States, got involved and called Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, to say, you need to be playing football. It is political now. It is obviously political if the president is involved. He understands that in states like Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, stop me when you don't hear uh, a Big Ten state, Indiana, those states all in the uh, upper Midwest, they are all intimately, intricately part of the presidential election coming up between President Trump and the Democratic candidate Joe Biden. So obviously it's in Trump's political interest to get football going because he wants the talk about coronavirus and COVID-19's dangers to be less. It's in his political best interest. Who are we kidding here? I'm not saying take a side on Three Dog Thursday. I'm pointing out what are the facts about the politics of this. And furthermore, when you're talking about New Jersey, where Rutgers is, that has a Democratic governor, the highest State-ranking political official is a Democrat. The top two federal politicians are U.S. senators, and they're both Democrats in New Jersey. See if you see a theme here. In Maryland, the governor is a Democrat. The top two national federal political figures from the state, the senators, are Democrats. The same with Michigan, where the governor who's threatened to sue the Big Ten if they try to play. The governor is a Democrat. The two senators are Democrats. See the theme yet? In Minnesota, Big Ten country, the governor is a Democrat. The senators, the two U.S. senators, are Democrats. In Illinois, with two more Big Ten schools, the Illini and Northwestern, the governor is a Democrat. The top two U.S. federal politicians are Democrats. Let's total that up again for you. New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois, six of the Big Ten states that are voting no allegedly and pushing for this. It's politicized. Why are they wanting to play later in November after Election Day, but they cannot play before November 3rd? What's up with that? And how is it that in Nebraska, Republican governor, Republican senators, in Iowa, Republican governor, 
one of the senators Republican. In Ohio, Republican governor, one of the senators Republican. How is it that the politics can be different and the viewpoint can be different if politics are involved? Of course politics are involved. In every municipality, in every area, in every state, COVID-19 has become political as much as a health concern. And it's part of the Big Ten discussion. You can't argue with what I just laid out. The president's involved. I want to talk more with Anthony Beck about what his involvement may or may not mean. And it would not surprise me if by later this week or even next week, the Big Ten puts the season back on. I keep saying that. The presidents are wishy-washy. They have taken a PR broadside hit over shutting this down and why. The big motivation is why. I love in the response to the, to the lawsuit in Nebraska from the parents and their attorneys that the Big Ten finally comes clean that there was a vote, really. After all of the athletic directors uh, saying over and over again, well, I don't know that our president voted, I don't, there wasn't a vote. There were numerous athletic directors saying there wasn't a vote among the presidents. Kevin Warren couldn't be specific with any of the families that were trying to meet with him and talk with him about what the vote was. But suddenly now the Big Ten says, yeah, the vote was 11 to 3. The three dissenting were Ohio State, Nebraska, and Iowa. Not completely controlled again by a Democratic governor and two U.S. senators that are Democrats. The politics are different in those states. They want to get reelected. They want to play football. But in any event, for the I, I'm fascinated for the lawsuit. I, I wonder if it's going to continue there in Nebraska. For uh, We asked for where was the vote taken, when, give us the minutes, give us the details. We're not going to take your word for it that that's what the vote was. Show us and demonstrate that there actually was a vote. Keep in mind that in every case, uh, except for Northwestern, in 13 of the 14 cases, the presidents of these universities, because they are public institutions, are tax-paid positions, which means the public, the state residents of Michigan, Ohio, Nebraska, New Jersey, Maryland, Pennsylvania, all of them, I'm going to leave one out, Wisconsin, Indiana, Minnesota, they're all officials who are drawing a salary off of state taxpayer money. So the public does have a right to know. Those that are suing have a right to know when was the vote taken and where and show us, show us that it was actually done. Hold them accountable. I get it. I get it. And the Big Ten is looking more and more like this. And Brett actually talked about this. Brett McMurphy, the great insider from Stadium a couple of weeks ago. The Big Ten was attempting to be out in front of everybody, to look magnanimous, to look smart, expecting that somehow, way, the outbreaks would take effect and there would be serious illnesses and deaths, and they would be the ones that were smart enough to shut it down, and everybody else would shut it down and follow. Backfire. Backfire. If the games are being played and there are not serious illnesses and deaths, it looks worse and worse with each passing day and week for the Big Ten that they're not playing. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. More on this with Anthony Beckton a little bit. Straight ahead, college football on the field. And we're cranking up this weekend with games and underdogs across all over college football. That and some NBA talk right now. Let's get to it and the picks on Three Dog Thursday. Well, we do continue along, and it is here. It has been an odyssey. I think that's an appropriate word. But we now have lots of college football. At least we're on the cusp of it for Thursday night and this weekend. Of course, I say lots. 
that's relative, but it, it's, it's more than the one game that we had last week. Who better to help me break down some college? We'll eventually be talking some NFL and some underdogs when that gets rolling next week. We've got some NBA, too. He is versatile. He is agile. He is mobile and hostile. He is Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. Happy week one of college football readjusted 2020 COVID-19. We get it, but we at least get some games. I know you're amped and you've been diving into all the numbers, all the spreads, looking over the underdogs. How are we? I'm doing well, and uh, we can get started with a – no underdog here, but I do like the total uh, on Thursday with South Alabama at Southern Miss. I like it over 53-and-a-half. South Alabama uh, was awful on offense last year, but in November they went to redshirt freshman quarterback Desmond Trotter for its last four games, and the over went 3-1, and one, and he had an 8-2 to two TDINT ratio and gave that offense some life, and also playing into this, uh, wager is the fact that two of Southern Miss' best defensive players have opted out for the 2020 season. Uh, defensive end Jock Turner, 22 career starts, first team All Conference USA in 2018, five and a half sacks last year, and linebacker Rasheem Booth, 31 career starts, third team All Conference USA last year. Those guys are sitting out the season. Uh, Southern Miss has a veteran quarterback in Jack Abraham who threw for 3,496 yards last year. And uh, in Phil Steele's uh, unit rankings for the Sun Belt, he had South Alabama secondary ranked ninth out of 10 teams. So I think Abraham will have a big game. And I think Trotter, the QB for South Alabama, will have his moments. And I think we'll go over 53 and a half on Thursday night. How about Brian Edwards wasting no time here, diving right into the analysis of college football? We've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for months to get this, and I love that for Thursday night. That one in Hattiesburg, 9 Eastern time game as you listen to us on Three Dog Thursday, and you may already know what happened on that game. I get the sense from what you're saying. You don't like even a taste of South Alabama, the Jaguars, plus the 15 right now. Uh, at most sports books, they're getting 15 or 15 and a half. You don't like that, but you you foresee that Southern Miss may be able to light them up and have that over total go way over. Is is what I'm sensing? Yeah, yeah. I'm counting. I mean, I'm counting on Southern Miss to get me most of that uh, 50, 53, or I guess I need 54 actually with the hook on it. Uh, yeah, um, Abraham. Look, he he throws a few too many picks, but he does that against the better competition. I think he'll throw for 300-plus tomorrow night and have a big game. Or Yeah, tomorrow night. Yes, indeed, for Thursday at the time that we're taping. There's also that Central Arkansas team that won last week against Austin P in the opening game, the Week Zero game that was last Saturday night. They're playing UAB, uh, Conference USA West Division champions. In fact, they've been in the title game the last couple of years. That game also scheduled for Thursday night. Again, most of the games in college here for the first couple of weekends, you're dealing with all teams uh, in the South, and a lot of them are Conference USA, Sun Belt uh, teams, and even the American Conference that are getting underway. So you're gonna you're gonna see some teams featured here uh, that maybe don't get featured as much because there's not the blur of the Power Five games, obviously that are at least. Uh, starting off so again with brian's guidance we're going to move on to the weekend Uh, again another example of that is the cusa team middle tennessee state the blue raiders playing at the black knights of the hudson at army middle tennessee state getting three and a half that is a saturday afternoon game 
Uh, you and I are, though, going to talk about Memphis and Arkansas. And da 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 go Tigers, go. My alma mater, the Memphis Tigers, the former Memphis State Tigers when I graduated from there. That's how old I am, Brian. Memphis State and Arkansas State have quite the rivalry. Did you know, Brian Edwards, Arkansas's most frequent opponent, Arkansas State, the now Red Wolves, the former Arkansas State Indians, their most frequent opponent in school history is who? Memphis. This is the, uh, I think this is the 59th time they played, and Arkansas State's never played anybody more times than they played Memphis. How about that? They uh, they renew the rivalry for Saturday night. It's in the Liberty Bowl. Memphis uh, bringing back a Cotton Bowl team with some of the players back from a Cotton Bowl team a year ago. They were the Group of Five representative in the New Year's Six Bowl games. Memphis a 19-point favorite in this game over the Red Wolves. That is dangerous to me. That's a lot of points. Brian, what's your analysis of this one? This is another uh, situation where we've got uh, the Sun Belt going up against the American Conference here. And a Memphis team that now, by the way, in the new adjusted preseason rankings is in the top 15. I think they're either 15 or 14 in a couple of the preseason polls. All right, Saturday night, prime time, River City. Uh, Elvis Presley music playing in the background. What about it? Memphis, Arkansas State. My rankings have Memphis number 15. Kenneth Gainwell is a big loss, um, 1,459 yards, 13 touchdowns, 6.3 yards for carry average. But Brady White uh, is an outstanding quarterback, and uh, Memphis will be able to put a lot of points up. Demonte Coxie, outstanding uh, receiver. Uh, Arkansas State, uh, as a double-digit underdog during Blake Anderson's tenure, is only 4-6 and six against the spread. Mm. Uh, as a road dog, whether it's single digit or double digit, he's six and eight against the spread. Now, I think Arkansas State's going to be able to score some points, but man, that total is so high in the low 70s. Uh, Arkansas State's actually got a pair of good quarterbacks. Logan Bonner, uh, who was having a really good season last year until he got hurt in week four, but then Lane Hatcher, a freshman, came in. Had a hell of a year, nine starts, 2,946 passing yards, a 27 to 10 TDI&T ratio. Um, right now, I'm on the sidelines for this one without much of an opinion. Uh, I, I, I would be interested in a team total that I don't believe they're out yet. Maybe a team total look to Memphis over maybe in the first half, perhaps. That's just something I might be interesting, interested in. Uh, but barring some huge line movement, uh, right now I'm on the sidelines for this one. So you think that line is right around where it should be at 18, 19 points, something like that. And again, I've got great insight here having gone to the former Memphis State, now my Memphis Tigers here. I was at that Cotton Bowl in Penn State. is obviously a much, much higher level program, Power 5, but they ran all over the Memphis defense. And keep in mind, Memphis's coach, Mike Norvell, has left and taken the Florida State job. This is his former offensive coordinator, Brian. I know you know this. Ryan Silverfield is the head coach. This is Silverfield's second game. He coached the Cotton Bowl as the head coach. This is his second game as a head coach in the home opener 2020 in these bizarre circumstances. Uh, again, Memphis will have social distancing at the Liberty Bowl, probably going to have something like 10, 12,000 fans, something like that for this game in these COVID times. But this is, 
I mean, this is a huge game for Arkansas State, obviously, against a ranked team. How about this number, Brian Edwards? They've got 13 guys back that were all sunbelt last year, including one of the quarterbacks you mentioned. So they returned some experienced players. It scares me how high that line is. Now, this is TJ talking, not Brian Edwards talking, because it's a first game, it's a rivalry game, and we just don't know. I hope Memphis rolls in this game, but it scares me that Arkansas State is getting that many points. I'll even tell you a quick story from 30 years ago. Young TJ, young uh, student reporter at Memphis doing a bunch of game coverage, etc. I remember being in the Liberty Bowl for the 1990 Arkansas State-Memphis State game. Arkansas State, then the Arkansas State Indians. They came across the Mississippi River, and they were beating Memphis State most of the game. Memphis State scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter to tie the game with about seven or eight minutes left, kicked the extra point. Neither team could score in the final eight minutes. The day's pre-overtime, Brian Edwards. The game finished tied 24-24, and you would have thought Arkansas State won the game with the way they were celebrating at the end of it on a 24-24 tie. In the words of Howard Cosell, as I like to quote, I remember because I was there. I don't know that Arkansas State can win this game. Uh, I think Memphis has won something like six in a row in the series. Last meeting was in 2013. This could be a closer game, though, than the 19 points. That's me saying that for Three Dog Thursday purposes. I'll be proud to see the alma mater uh, play coming on on Saturday night uh, for that one. All right, so that leaves one more game that you're very interested in for Three Dog Thursday purposes, and we go all the way to Labor Day night on uh, on Monday night in Annapolis, Maryland, the United States Naval Academy hosting Brigham Young, BYU, in a game thrown together. Navy was supposed to open with Notre Dame. Notre Dame ended up taking that ACC schedule. Brian, you know this. The audience probably aware of some of this. So they dropped the Navy game. They were originally supposed to play Navy in Ireland on the opening weekend, the Irish against the midshipmen. Then it had been moved on campus to Annapolis, and now, and now Notre Dame not playing them at all. Instead, BYU replaces them. It's a national TV game on Monday night. And uh, Navy getting points as a home dog. Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com. Give me a little analysis. What do you think? I like Navy plus one and a half. Since 2013, Navy is 6-2-1 and one against the spread. As a home underdog, the midshipmen went 11-2 last year. No shame in either one of their defeats uh, at your alma mater, Memphis, and at Notre Dame. Ken Nui Matalolo's team won seven of its 11 games by double-digit margins. They bring back six starters on offense, seven on defense. BYU, as a road favorite last year, was 0-5 against the spread. Mm. On Monday, they took a crush. They took a crushing loss when their best player, senior tight end Matt Bushman, tore his Achilles and is out for the season. He had 47 catches for a team best, 688 receiving yards and four touchdowns last year. And making uh, matters worse for BYU junior quarterback Zach Wilson is they are replacing all three of their starting wide receivers. And now his tight end is gone. You know, uh, Sataki's tenure at BYU has been very average. They went 7-6 and six last year. They lost three times to a group of five teams, and three of their seven wins were non-covers against Cupcakes, Liberty, Idaho State, and a horrendous one-win UMass squad. Uh, I trust Ken Nui Makololo. we got the head coaching advantage. 
and we're a home dog. I like Navy. Yep, so Navy getting the point and a half. And again, BYU has the more experienced quarterback. Navy without Malcolm Perry, as decorated and talented uh, and outstanding a quarterback uh, as they have ever had in that triple option offense. And, and BYU's got to be ready for the triple option. It's going to be a different quarterback, but you got to be ready for that system. And of course, uh, Nimuatololo had a chance to be the BYU coach and passed and stayed at Navy. Of course, B, you're knocking BYU. I was on BYU last year for Three Dog Thursday when they played Southern Cal at home, USC, and I got the outright win as the underdog while you're knocking them for all those group of five teams that they barely beat or didn't cover. But uh, different year, no doubt, Brian. Different year this year. Early, Yeah, the earlier in the week, um, BYU – I'm sorry, uh, Navy was favored. Navy was favored by two to two and a half uh, a couple of days ago. And I was ready to talk, or you know, I had the stat ready. BYU is actually eleven and two against the spread as a road underdog under Sataki, but uh, the line moved, and now they are a road favorite. So I thought the zero and five against the spread as a road yeah. favorite last year was more relevant. And again, these are opening games where you don't really know. There's no preseason, obviously, in college. We say this every year on this Three Dog Thursday show, that these are dangerous games because you've only been practicing and scrimmaging against yourselves, offense and defense. You never know what it's going to really look like and how will BYU handle that triple option again. That's the primetime game all the way on Monday night. And Brian says... Go Navy goes with the mids uh, in that one. It's just good. Is it not good? Just one more comment to be talking about these actual games that we have. We've gotten here, at least to this point. And at this stage right now, no COVID outbreaks. Looks like we're going to play all of these games, if not most of these games here for this weekend. That's a good feeling, Brian Edwards. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. And another thing about week one games that you were just referencing, um, probably not so much with with BYU and Navy, but especially with SEC teams, you, you oftentimes get a lot of suspensions for week one that don't become public. I mean, I can't remember how many times I've had a week one game and they go to the sideline reporter uh, on ESPN and, you know, like three minutes before kickoff and talking about five starters who are suspended. And you know they've known it for four months because it's probably for testing positive for weed in the spring. But, uh, yeah, so you, you kind of always got to be heads up and look out for that. That's happened to me way too many times. Yeah. Okay. So be aware of the possible suspensions on that. Uh, and by the way, you mentioned Gainwell opting out the Memphis running back 2000 yards from scrimmage a year ago, their leading rusher. He has decided not to play this season because he's had four awful four family members, either extended family or closer uh, immediate family die from complications with COVID-19, including an uncle that died this past weekend, so he's electing not to play. And there's a, there's several more players that have opted out, including LSU. When we get to the SEC starting up, LSU even more shorthanded right now uh, for the Bayou Bengals, the defending national champs, Brian, right? Yeah, they're reigning, but they're not defending uh, this title. Just crushing losses this week as Jamar Chase, who most consider the best receiver in the country, 84 receptions, 1,780 yards, and 20 touchdowns last year. He decides to opt out. And then Tyler Shelvin, uh, defensive tackle, uh, did the same on Tuesday. He was a uh, in Phil Seals' preseason mag. He was first-team All-SEC and fourth-team All-American. And that adds to what we already knew from uh, several weeks back, uh, Kerry Vincent, their senior DB, uh, who had 39 tackles and three tackles for loss last year and was a preseason fourth team all SEC until Steele's mag. 
he is out. So with those three defections, Vincent, Shelvin, and Chase, LSU now has a total of five starters coming back. They only have three starters back on defense and two on offense. And I, I didn't read the whole article, but I saw a headline, I think it was a Saturday down south, uh, that Chase's decision was perhaps based on Miles Brennan's play or lack thereof in practice so far. So um, I think this doesn't bode well for LSU and as for Three Dog Thursday purposes on uh, the, September 26th, correct? Yeah. So correct. Two weeks from now. September right, right. In the opener, yeah, Mississippi State is plus 16 and a half to LSU, and Mike Leach is 18-6 and six against the spread with six outright wins in his last 24 games as a double-digit underdog. So I'm already leaning Mississippi State there, but that's a few weeks away, but just throw it out there. File it away, file it away, and they, they always seem to play LSU tough, if not upset them for whatever reason, different coaches, different yeah. programs. Mullen would seem to do that, but they even had a couple of years uh, where others like Sylvester Croom and some others uh, have had success in the early season against LSU. So that's to, that's to file away, but clearly not the same. Not the same team there that they have coming back, that's for sure. All right, so lots of college football. Again, we'll have more NFL next week. Brian Edwards here for a few more minutes. MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider. Love the insight. Follow him at Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter. Follow Major Wager at Major Wager Uno on Twitter. Great information all through a weekend upcoming injuries, uh, different nuggets for spreads, et cetera, et cetera. Follow him on those social media handles for all the great information coming out. We'll plug that again one more time. You want to talk some NBA. We are whittling some things down. And let me say again publicly to the audience, thank you again to Brian Edwards. We did an interview last week where we were predicting games um, uh, for Thursday and Friday in the NBA. And obviously... After we had recorded and had finished up and you went on with other duties to go on live in other places and you're working with your site and your stuff, the announcement comes that the NBA players decided to boycott on Wednesday, starting uh, in that instance with the Milwaukee Bucks saying we're not playing. They then boycotted the Thursday games as well. Everything was on hold until Friday. You were gracious to come back on with me revisit re, uh, that, have that conversation about, okay, everything's on hold, we don't know when they're going to play, uh, and redo that. So thank you. And I would love to point out to the audience, and I have this documented if anybody questions this, Brian loved the Boston Celtics in Game 1 against the Raptors. We talked for two minutes about that game and about how you loved them as a Thursday underdog last week. So you had them, and you were and you were tweeting about uh, that in the in the uh, in the days later that the game was finally played. I think what on Saturday, either Friday or Saturday, they played that game. Boston has now won Game One. Boston has now won Game Two in that series. Let's begin right there. How surprised are you against the uh, the Toronto Raptors here that Boston has already jumped out to zip on them, Brian? Well, when we were talking last Wednesday, and I was uh, picking Boston Game One, I, I wasn't necessarily thinking they would take the first two but after watching game one uh i did take the celtics again yesterday and look that toronto was in control of that game and then marcus smart who's not a, a great three-point shooter hit five in a row including an and one and was just on fire in the fourth quarter and boston rallied and, and did win and i did have the heat uh plus five in, in game one 
And with Celtics having a 2-0 lead, I'm not going out too far. I'm really just basically predicting uh, the Miami series. But I'm going to say right now, I, I think that we're going to have a surprising East Finals, or at least people would be surprised if somebody said it a month ago. Uh, Boston and Miami are going to play to represent the Ooh. East in the NBA Finals. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Miami's better than Milwaukee. Well, interesting that we so don't know the result. Let me elaborate. Goran Dragic is the most underrated player in the league, and Jimmy Butler is not messing around right now. And uh, Jimmy Butler and Jay Crowder is a pretty good combination to throw at Giannis, who was off his game the other night, six turnovers, eight uh, missed free throws. Look, he's not going to get better performances than he did out of Middleton and Lopez the other night as they combined for 52 points. I mean, Lopez was hitting fadeaway three-pointers at the uh, first quarter buzzer. I mean, you know, he got great production out of those guys the other night, but he didn't uh, have his normal production. And Jimmy Butler just took over at crunch time. He said, nobody's going to stop me. He got in the paint anytime he wanted off the dribble and got high uh, shot select or high percentage shots. And uh, he just dominated in, in the fourth quarter. And uh, Miami is legit as hell. Uh, I, look, I still think the Clippers are going to win it, but um, I think Miami's going to get to the finals. Okay, so again, we don't know that result on Wednesday, as I was saying, and you were and you were elaborating. But let's say even if Milwaukee wins that game, you still love the Heat on Friday for Three Dog Thursday purposes, potentially as the underdog. The Heat are getting five points in the Wednesday game. We don't know the result, too, because you like Miami to win the series ultimately here. So just pay attention. What is yeah. that line for Friday, right? Yeah, and I will like Miami – even more so if they lose Wednesday. I, maybe if they lose Wednesday, maybe we even get another half point or so. Maybe if if it's one one and Miami's getting at least five on Friday, I, I'm very bullish on the in the heat on the heat in that game. But you know, presuming no fresh injuries or anything like that. Okay. And Bledsoe right. is questionable Wednesday night, and we'll you know we'll have to evaluate how how different they look with Bledsoe. All right, over in the Western Conference, we already know the matchup is the Nuggets who came from behind to knock out the Jazz uh, on the last second shot in Game 7. The Nuggets and the Clippers will play Game 1 on Thursday. You just said, I heard you say it, you believe the Clippers are going to win the whole thing. They are favored by 8 on Thursday. You are steering clear of the Nuggets, at least early on in the series, as an underdog here in either Thursday or Saturday's game? Let's just say that you should stay as far away from the Nuggets as you can tomorrow night. Let's uh, <laughs> I, we don't we don't harp on favorites around here, but don't right. dare take Denver tomorrow night. And look, Jamal Murray he caught a knee to the thigh from Rudy Gobert uh, late in the first half, and, and I don't know if they still call it that these days, but back in my day we called it a Charlie horse, and it clearly bothered Jamal Murray the entire second half. He was limping around. He, he couldn't buy a bucket for the first time the whole series, although he did hit one monster one uh, at winning time. But uh, I, I would imagine Murray is limping around with a big old bruise on his side a day, and I don't know that it'll be 100% uh, tomorrow or Thursday night. Yeah, not good in that instance. Again, as Brian Edwards gives us a couple more moments of NBA conversation here from uh, MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. Uh, and and again, we don't know the Game 7 result. Rockets, Thunder, that's being played Wednesday night. Winner take all Game 7. The winner gets the Lakers in Game 1 of that series will be on Friday 
And I, I get the sense from you, you don't you don't really believe either one of those teams has much of a chance against L.A. You kind of tip me to that, that that uh, don't don't be favoring the underdog against the Lakers in that series either. Well, when your star player who makes tens of millions per year won't help on defense in a tie game in the last minute of a playoff game, mm. you got a big problem. And I'm talking about James Harden, and that's why he will never, ever be on a team that will win an NBA title. You don't play help defense in a tie game in the playoffs in the final minute. What a disgrace. And all this talk about Mike D'Antoni being out, how could they do him such a, a – they couldn't do him a bigger favor. Who in the hell would want to – coach that team with a turnover machine in Russell Westbrook and a guy who just did give, couldn't possibly give less effort on the defensive end. Well, you bring up a great point. There are so many components to winning. It's it's more than just scoring, and nobody nobody questions that the Beard can score or Westbrook's offensively talented. But if you're not going to guard people at all, at least some of the time, you're in big, big trouble. So again, no matter who wins, whether Paul and the Thunder pull it out, uh, after being down 0-2 uh, in the Orlando bubble and pull it out and win Game 7 to play the Lakers or it's the Rockets. You don't like either one of those. I, I do Fascinating that you like the Heat and the Celtics, though, as the teams to emerge from the East. Let's see how that unfolds for the weekend for Three Dog Thursday Purpose. Anything else, Brian Edwards, that we have not covered to this point uh, with the Nuggets? Uh, I'm talking about the News Info Nuggets, not the Denver Nuggets. Any other info, any other spreads, lines, or anything else? Are we good? Uh, I don't think we're good. I'll be. I'll throw it out to anybody interested. I did see five dimes posted. Uh, UAB is seventeen and a half against Central Arkansas tomorrow. But I don't. I don't, I don't have an opinion on it. I, I, I will leave with this. Uh, a hat tip to Pat Riley. As I've been watching the Heat in the playoffs, I, I've just been reminded again of, of just another stroke of brilliance. Him getting Jimmy Butler. Him drafting Duncan Robinson. Trading for Goran Dragic. Trading for Jay Crowder. He is just. He has assembled a team that might, you know, we would, I would have told people you're nuts back in December if you, if you said Miami's going to have a chance to get to the East Finals, much less the NBA Finals. They still got work to do, but that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. So a hat tip to Pat Riley with yet another stroke of his many brilliant moves uh, throughout the decades. Yeah, he has had a Hall of Fame career as a coach. And, uh, and as obviously a GM slash team president now in Miami, uh, you know, he's, he's been with the Miami Heat, by the way, for longer than he was ever with the Lakers as a player and as a coach, believe it or not. Now, that's, it's hard to fathom. Uh, and he also coached the Knicks in between. Uh, and that was part of the Knicks. So uh, in any event, we'll see what happens with the NBA playoffs as they continue in the bubble and march on. Uh, again, college football getting underway. I'm anxious for the hockey, which is going to be down to its final four coming this weekend. My Tampa Bay Lightning are hanging in. And no matter what it is, Major League Baseball, my Rays are doing well. They've got the dust-up with the Yankees right now going on with Aroldis Chapman throwing at Rays players' heads because the Yankees are getting uh, beat down by the Tampa Bay Rays and losing in the division, and all their players are hurt. So now they're playing beanball stuff uh, at the at the Tampa Bay Rays. Again, everything that's going on, whether it's NASCAR, UFC, you've got all of it uh, with all of your stuff at MajorWager.com and with Vegas Insider, right? Yeah, correct. And, and uh, for, sorry uh, to people that have been going to major wager. We've been having some major uh, IT uh, issues working on getting them solved. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Vegas 
uh, B. Edwards in. I've actually, with, with the tech issues we've had over at uh, Major Wager, I've been posting uh, more content to BrianEdwardsSports.com where uh, if you're ever interested in buying my picks, I, I'd rather you do it there uh, anyhow because I get 100% of the take. TJ, fun as always, brother. Have a great weekend, man. I, I had not caught that about the Rays beating the brakes off the Yankees. I, I, I got to start watching SportsCenter more for baseball highlights because I'm all about the Yankees getting smacked. And there he goes. Love the insight of Brian Edwards again from Vegas Insider. Also, MajorWager.com. Find him again at BrianEdwardsSports.com, like he was saying. Follow him on social media at VegasBEdwards for all the great information, the news, the injury updates, the spread updates. We're finally getting to the games in college football next week. The NFL, love the picks, love the underdogs. Anthony Becht coming up straight ahead, the former New York Jets number one pick, big multimedia star uh, with the Jets coverage in New York, Buccaneer coverage formerly, formerly with ESPN, great college football and NFL mind and insider. Look forward to talking with Anthony Becht coming up here as part of Three Dog Thursday. Okay. Did you get some uh, wagers down already on the Major League Baseball that has started up or the NBA and the NHL that's resumed? If not, why not? You've got a chance to be cashing in right now, including with the boxing and the fights. And my bookie has got their deposit match bonus back with a special offer right now here as part of this podcast of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows. And the best thing about my bookie is not only this deposit bonus, but when you bet, you win and they pay. So again, whether you're looking over the NBA and what's going to happen here with the Lakers or the Bucks or the Clippers, how about the Trailblazers or Red Hot? Bet on all the games as it's unfolding. National Hockey League that's going on. MyBookie.ag. Join up today if you never have, and MyBookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. Just enter the promo code SGP, get a promo code offer of a thousand dollar match. You put 500 in, they'll put 500 to match it. 750 or 1,000, they'll match it, whatever it is. Remember, make those wagers, live in-game betting, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, the fights this weekend, it's all available at mybookie.ag, promo code SGP. You bet, you win, they pay with mybookie. We're also brought to you in part by DraftKings, and they've given you 100 million reasons why you need to sign up. DraftKings is the leader in one-day fantasy, and they're celebrating the return of sports by giving away $100 million in prizes to all of their customers, and one lucky winner will take home a million dollars in cash. To claim that share of the $100 million in instant giveaways, all you got to do is download the app and sign up for free and use the promo code SGP. And then enter the DraftKings free survivor pool. Yeah, it's that easy to get your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for the $1 million cash prize. Sign up, see what happens in the survivor pool. And while you're on the app, don't forget to check out all the great daily fantasy contests with everything with DraftKings. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars flying every which direction, every minute of every hour with all the action on DraftKings. Download the app now. Your shot at the $1 million cash top prize. Use the promo code SGP and get your share of $100 million in prizes. It's only at DraftKings. There are eligibility restrictions that apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. Remember our promo code SGP with DraftKings. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. If you want to get an advantage over your sports book with the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball back in action, you need to download this app, BetQL. It's the only app you need to make smart bets this season. 
And they've got some great algorithms, a best bet algorithm that has thousands of data points to give you the top information and the best recommendation on what to wager on. Uh, Whether you're talking about the NBA games, whether you're talking about the UFC pay-per-view this weekend, whether you're talking about the fights that we're talking about on Big Fight Weekend, you go to BetQL, you pick from all of the different uh, data points and recommendations. They're giving you great info, great sharp data to help you make the bet. You can even see where most of the betting public is betting if you want to go the opposite direction. And with BetQL, if you live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, or West Virginia, you can claim an exclusive offer from sportsbooks and use BetQL's data to make the right bets. Again, if you're in Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, West Virginia, a special offer awaits you with BetQL. Go to the Apple Store, go to the Google Play Store, download it, enter the promo code SGP, by the way, and you get 20% off your initial subscription. So even more incentive for BetQL. Remember, the promo code is SGP20 and take 20% off with BetQL. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. And Three Dog Thursday is brought to you in part by Manscaped. Okay, they've got the best in below-the-waist grooming at Manscaped. Precision-engineered tools for the family jewels. They obsess over technological developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. So I can tell you this, cutting edge technology, you don't want to mess around down below the belt. This engineering team has spent over 18 months perfecting their best trimming devices ever. And when when we say premium, we mean premium on this. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes so that you can make sure that you take care of everything. You don't have to constantly recharge. It's waterproof. All the manscaping devices, they've got all kinds of different technological advancements. And don't forget the charging stand. You can uh, get, get it... And don't forget about the charging stand. Show off your loud and proud mower intensity type Manscaped tool that's designed to be convenient in its charging dock and powered by USB. So I want you to experience this firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping. Use the promo code SGP20 to do that. Go to manscaped.com. Manscaped.com. SGP20 saves you 20%. It ships for free. So once again, take care of it. Your family jewels will thank you with Manscaped. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. We do continue here on the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs. And we've got college football for this weekend. We've got NFL football looming. And who better to help me out? I love me some Anthony Beck, the former number one pick of the New York Jets. Played 11 years in the NFL, also with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Anthony and I spend a lot of time chatting and conversing about football. He lives where I do here in the Tampa Bay area. He's anxious, like everybody is, to get the football season going, both college and pro. A.B., how you feeling, brother? All good? Um, yeah, man. Great, great to talk to you, TJ. It's good to talk about some real sports, some things that are actually going to happen. Football looking like it's going to get kicked off on time. And I think, at least for myself, I can speak for the fans, everybody wants this, and it's going to be exciting, at least early on to see. It is multi-level, including, I'll brag on him, Anthony's son Rocco is a high school quarterback in the Tampa Bay area. High school football also starting up, if not this weekend, then the following weekend. And so uh, we're anxious about that that leads into the college on Saturdays, leads into the NFL on Sundays. Some degree of normalcy coming back around here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's great. You know, it's it looks like a lot of the teams, I haven't heard any crazy stories about COVID or anyone getting it. It looks like the NFL, obviously well-suited to have more of a semi-bubble uh, as far as, uh, and of course, with professional athletes kind of staying in check. Uh, as you get to the college level, again, it, it, it may get a little trickier as far as with students and, and the population outside of the world of college, but I, I much would, I would rather see the college players at the universities with their team, with the staff. I think that's the best and safest place for them. So, uh, you know, let's, let's buckle up and, and see what we got here in the next couple of weeks. Well, you bring up a good point, and we're going to talk about it here in just a second with the Big Ten. But, I mean, the coaches across the board from Jim Harbaugh to Nick Saban to Dabo Sweeney have been making that very point that – when you look at what's available to an athlete, not just football players, but to an athlete in terms of testing uh, through, the, through the school's athletic facilities, the trainers, the doctors, uh, the responsibility, the overseeing, the oversight, the overseeing of all of this from coaches and, and from administrators, et cetera, et cetera, that it's understandable you can make that argument. It's better than the general student body, the general student population. I know that's part of what you were talking about and part of, part of why the advocacy of let's, let's play the games if we're continuing uh, to have low positivity numbers of COVID, then let's play the games, let's get through it, and let's play the games and demonstrate that we can move on with that part of life, right? Well, I think you bring important points Every day, we're learning something different about the virus. We're testing's different. We're adding more things. The access to more information is there. New numbers are coming in. I'm the Pac-12. I'm the Big Ten in particular, where they're, they're playing high school football in, in some of these states, but yet not colleges. Why not wait? Why not just continue to meet, con continue to grow, get more information? Clearly, anything that was said or spoken about in a meeting yesterday has already expired the next day. So why not just utilize this time and just figure it out? This way, the kids, they have something, the coaching staffs have something to lean on because there's still hope. And if they get to a certain point, maybe it's, okay, by October 1, we have to make a call either way, at least they'll know. And if they made the call there, that pretty much makes it, it right that everybody else is not going to play as well. So everything stays uniform. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the case, and now everything becomes a backtrack. Oh, well, we got more information. We can change it. We can do it. We can start in the fall. Let's have a new conversation. Let's get the president involved of the country with the presidents of the schools. It's, it's a, this a lot of craziness where I just feel like, listen, the early decision to shut this down, what, August, what was it, 10th or 11th, right. was a catastrophic mistake, and they should have waited. 
well put on uh, catastrophic because from a PR standpoint, it seems to be that way. And so you mentioned this, that at the time we're taping on Tuesday, the audience is now seeing it as well. Oh, by the way, POTUS, the president of the United States, President Donald Trump interjected himself into the Big Ten shutdown because you've got a lot of uh, families of players. You've got a lot of fans of these schools that want to play. And so we're looking at what the president said that number one, he initiated conversation with Kevin Warren, the Big Ten Conference Commissioner, and then he portrayed it as having gone well and that he encouraged Warren and the Big Ten to play football as soon as possible. All right, Anthony, so at the risk of us, uh, we're not a political analysts here, but this is now at the highest level of politics with the president being involved, and obviously for the different states, their governors at the highest level of state government, um, this this is political high stakes now that, that's involved about playing football because, oh, by the way, the president realizes in Big Ten states like Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, the election basically lies right there with who who's going to end up winning those states. What do you make of this? That we got the president wanting the Big Ten to play real quick. I mean, how do you not, in your conversations back in August, not foresee these issues happening? You know, being the first ones to make that decision in some scenarios may actually be a positive. In this scenario, time, I think, was just on your side. And it should never get to the uh, political level. And, you know, and we're real right. We're not into the political side of anything. But the fact that the president of the United States is actually <laughs> intervening in this is just <laughs> ludicrous. The problem that I have is, okay, you've sat down with your 24-doctor task force, all the presidents, and you've clearly come up with whatever they vote. At first it was 12-2, 11-3, whatever the number was, and said, no ball, no way, we're not doing it. How all of a sudden now do you backtrack and say, oh, okay, we're ready to go when you were talking about spring or maybe not even having spring and moving it there, and now all of a sudden October 1 – hypothetically, some, some numbers get that we could come back then. So, uh, you know, that, that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help the TV industry because they've got their assignments, they're configuring their schedules, and now all of a sudden you're, like, backtracking on everything. So you made a decision, bad. Now you're turning back on the decision. Yeah, good for players and coaches, fine, but it's just a bad look all around. So, again, it just you can't get it right. And, uh, again, waiting to – make the decision at the very end to me was the best case scenario. And, you know, they, they kind of put their foot in their mouth on that one. Yeah, they did. We'll see if the Big Ten is playing soon. Again, you may be listening to us later in the weekend at the time that Anthony and I are taping. We don't know if the Big Ten has backtracked. There were a lot of rumors flying Tuesday that they were going to announce a restart maybe as soon as October 24th or perhaps October 17th, and fit at least eight Big Ten games in and call it a season and then maybe have a Big Ten championship game and still be in line for the college football playoff. That hasn't happened yet at the time that we're taping. You may know more about that on Three Dog Thursday, whether you're hearing us or, or seeing us. And again, I'll get that plug in. You hear the voice of Anthony Beck. If you're only listening to us here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever the podcast is found, social media link, uh, through our friends at the Sports Gambling Network podcast of shows. If you're only hearing us, find Anthony on social media at Anthony underscore Beck. But see us on the YouTube uh, roundtable here. The one-on-one -on -one conversation right now that I'm having with Anthony uh, can be found on the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page as part of our uh, video coverage. So you're seeing us. Go find the YouTube page. 
uh, and subscribe. All right, so let's move on now off the college game and the pressure and whatever may or may not happen with the Big Ten. We have college games that are coming this weekend. Let's talk NFL. And as I mentioned, Anthony, former number one pick with the New York Jets, and you're obviously very close uh, to the, uh, the Jets still and part of their radio coverage as well. And lo and behold, here's my man Anthony Beck tweeting about what else? A tight end looking good in Jets practice. Uh, so you're scouting. The Jets are very banged up. They've got the opening game with the Bills in about a week and a half. We see Sam Darnold throwing the pass on the video screen here if you're watching on the video. What about the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets for this year? Well, one, you're doing a heck of a job producing this show as well, uh, multifunction, <laughs> multitasking. So uh, you're really inspiring as I watch this. But, yeah, you know, look, uh, I can't be there. Uh, I mean, I, we can't even go really without the, uh, the the process of getting to the field to actually seeing if you can see anything, whether it's Tampa here or in New right. York. It's You know, we need these videos. And, you know, obviously with my connects, your connects, we, we can talk to some coaches and get some updates and things of that nature. But. Uh, you know, the one thing I can say about New York is right now they're nicked up. You know, they got a lot of injuries across the board. That was a huge issue last season uh, into the year, obviously starting with C.J. Mosley, uh, who, who came out the gates before he got hurt in the fourth quarter of game one against the Bills, was probably the best player in the league defensively for three quarters in week one. And you lose him now, you lose him again heading into season two, the Jamal Adams trade. Uh, he won't be there. So now you're moving new pieces. But uh, receiver, you, you added a few guys. Uh, Brashad Perryman, who came from Tampa, went to, to New York. He's a little nicked up. He's been sitting on the sidelines. Your number one uh, receiver pick, Denzel Mims, he is in practice. He hasn't practiced yet, period. So with a game looming here in less than whatever it is, 10, 11 days now, can he be ready and be up to speed with a hamstring injury that – and, and, and from my experience, when it feels great, you take one more week. So, um, you know, growing that development with the receiving core with, with Sam Darnold is clearly an issue right now. Offensive line, I'm really excited about that. One positive area I think that's going to be huge for this football team. They went out and drafted the, the, the ginormous left tackle from Louisville, uh, Mackay Becton, uh, you know, 6'8", 330 pounds, and – Look, he's, he's still a little raw, but he will start on the left side, which is a huge challenge for any rookie, regardless of where you are picked in the draft. And I think he's going to do a great job. He's massive. He's got a huge wingspan. The pass protection is going to be a bigger deal now because of the span that he can cover. But I think also in the run game, where they had none of that last year with Bell, I think this year with Bell and the addition of Frank Gore, the draft pick of uh, Florida product, uh, LaMichael Pirine, uh, they feel like they have a lot of depth now and the ability now to have that balance that they need to be more productive on offense. And the second, on the second side, the defensive side, how do you replace Jamal Adams and C.J. Mosley? I think you know, they, they were obviously able to do it at the linebacker position last year with a little bit of youth and a, a little bit of a group deal. Neville Hewitt will be the starter this year. Uh, they'll get Cashman in there, the Blake Cashman, the draft pick from, from Minnesota last year. So he has to get sp sped up in year two. And then from a secondary standpoint, the one guy that I'm excited to see more of and who I think can play the role of Jamal Adams is Marcus May. Marcus May, to me, again, another Florida product that came out, got drafted the same year as Jamal Adams, played safety. He kind of did what Jamal did in college. That's kind of right. what I saw him do in the box, be mobile, can blitz, can cover. He didn't get to do that with the Jets last couple of years because of Jamal. And from what I'm hearing, everything indications out of practice – 
he's been lighting it up, and defensive coordinator Greg Williams has utilized him to the fullest. So I'm excited to see him and some of the other prospects on this football team. But, again, getting back healthy is going to be key because I know, uh, you know, Adam Gase wants to go into the season with a full product on the field. If you don't have that, any team doesn't have that, it's, you're doomed for, for a lack of success. And a lack of preseason to try to work some of this out and see who else can develop. It's bizarre. It's the same difficulty for everybody. Uh, that's another concern. Quick answer on this because I want to move to another team that you obviously have great insight on, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in a second. We talked a lot on Three Dog Thursday last week about how wide open the East, the AFC East, may or may not be. Do you believe it is wide open at this point? And do you believe the Jets are a legitimate contender? What do you think? Real quick, Anthony. It is wide open. I do believe the Jets are in the mix. I mean, I could totally see this thing going down to the wire. Uh, the wild card to me are the Patriots. You know, I think at life after Brady, you know, is Cam Newton the guy moving forward? Uh, will the pieces get filled in that they need? Uh, because of the guys that are sitting out the season for New England, who has, I believe, the most of any team in the NFL. Right. You know, can, can that and Bill Belichick make this engine run where they've pretty much dominated the division for, what, 20 straight years now? So uh, I expect it to be a lot closer. The Bills clearly had a, a huge season last year. Uh, does that guarantee them bouncing back this year and being the same team? I don't think it does. I think that it changes because they got a lot of young pieces. They're still growing. But they got some really good defensive players on that football team, which kept them in. A lot of games and playing in Buffalo in the winter obviously is an advantage for them. And then Miami's, I, you know, are they a wild card? I think they're still a year and a half away. They had a lot of pieces, a lot of draft picks. Tua Tungvaloa is going to be their quarterback, you know, with no offseason like you talked about, no preseason. Any quarterback that's coming in, him, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, I just don't see how these guys can come into the league right now and just get it going. Heck, I'm worried about some of the veteran players you know, getting those connections, you know, for instance, a Cam Newton in New England, work with some of those players to figure things out. So in the short answer, I do believe the Jets are in the mix. And I believe that across the board, all of those teams have an opportunity in that division wide open. Voice of Anthony Beck again with us for just a few more moments, part of the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Again, if you're only hearing us through uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows, find the video as well, the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page that is up, and you'll see what we're talking about as well. One more on another quick answer. You were involved in many a training camp where the starters didn't play a whole lot in the preseason. What is that like when you now have to jump into 60-minute full contact Week one, week two, your body absorbing punishment. You dealt with it for a lot of your career. What are these guys about to go through when none of them have had full contact 60-minute games uh, up until week one here? I don't think it's good. I think defenses will reign supreme early on in the season, at least the first quarter of the first four games. Uh, it's a travesty for undrafted players and drafted players to not have a preseason, not to prove themselves. Special teams will be severely hurt because you don't have live – the only live contact they ever have is in an actual preseason game leading up. They don't really do much as far as the actual uh, practices are concerned. And then, of course, when you're looking at, um, you know, with no preseason with the veteran players, look, I know a lot of guys will say it every year. I don't want to play that many plays. I don't want to get that many snaps. To me, whether it was 10 snaps in the first game and then maybe a quarter and a half in the second and the third, you played a halftime. I was always working on something, you know, maybe the off season, I was working on a new technique or a different route. I had to do those things live. I wanted to get those reps as much as I didn't want to be in there and do them during the preseason. I knew that it was going to be important. I learned from it. Guys like, you know, 
Tom Brady and new systems and things of that nature, those guys kind of want some of those snaps, especially with new targets and be, have some familiarity with their offensive line. You get, and if you got some rookies up front, you want to get them punching early on. So, again, to me, it's, it's not going to really be healthy in the sense of not health and physicality, but just healthy in the, in, the, in the fact of playing the game because I think early on offenses will struggle. All right. Uh, you mentioned Tom Brady. Perfect segue in our final couple of minutes here to look at Brady. And this has got Buccaneer fans salivating here as we see on the video screen, Brady completing this one to Chris Godwin, who's now in number 14. Brady, Brady took that 12 number. We kind of anticipated that. So TB12 to Chris Godwin. Uh, I think Buck fans are looking forward to that connection uh, many times over with uh, Brady to Godwin or Mike Evans, plus Gronkowski, O.J. Howard. Uh, Anthony, give me a quick assessment here. Again, no preseason. Buccaneers will open in a week and a half at New Orleans and then play Carolina with a new coaching staff and Teddy Bridgewater quarterback in the home opener in the first couple of games. What do you anticipate from the Bucs as they get things underway uh, with the surefire first ballot Hall of Famer at the helm? I mean, on paper, you know, this team is destined to do great things. I mean, to me, if they don't get not just to the playoffs, but into the second, into the potential third round, if they have to play an extra game, it's a bust for this team. Uh, I think they're that good. I really do. You know, if I'm Tom Brady and I'm thrown to these guys, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Gronkowski, LaShawn McCoy out of the backfield, Ronald Jones, Godwin, like you talked about, I'm literally going home and I'm telling I'm telling Giselle, let's put some steaks on the grill. Things are good today. I did not have a lot of incompletion, if not any. I mean, I'm just, this is unbelievable. I get the way, he must love number one, waking up to this weather. He will later in a couple months. His mm -hmm. body's going to feel better. I remember when I signed here, coming from New York, I mean, I just, everything about me that was crusty was all of a sudden rejuvenated and bouncing again. So that's going to be great. He gets to throw to these guys every single day. He's got a brand-new stud top 15 right tackle. He's got a couple high-paying offensive linemen in front of him. Uh, you know, what more, more do you want? And the defense coming off last year was one of the best-playing defenses, you know, top-tackling, run-stopping defenses in the league last year. And, and to me, Todd Bowles is one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. So, you know, as I look at this team, TJ, I'd be really disappointed. I don't care who's in the division if they didn't get themselves situated in a position to make a run, get into the playoffs, whether it's winning the division, getting in by the wild card, and then making a run and getting hot. And I think that's the time and the growth you'll see with Tom Brady and Gronkowski and some of these new guys. You know, a lot of people are talking about, okay, Tom Brady's got to learn a system. It gets overwhelming. And I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about everybody else around Tom getting up to his level, getting up to what his expectation levels are in the situations in the third and shorts, in the fourth and shorts, in the third and longs, in the, in the go-to routes, the routes that he knows should be open. Because this guy's got the plan. He knows all the answers to the test once he starts saying the snap count at the line of scrimmage. There's nothing defenses will show him they will not have seen. And the one thing that simplifies that even more this year is that you can't double or take somebody out of this offense. You have sure. to play it straight up. And unless you've got players out there – uh, like a, a Gilmore cornerback, which a lot of teams don't have that kind of guy, you're going to be stuck. And I think to me, those holes and those opportunities will be there early for Tom to see what's going on pre-snap. And he's going to be able to make some real, really good decisions 
this season on offense where I really see them clicking a little more than maybe uh, the latter of, okay, new system is going to be tough, getting to learn each other, know each other. I just feel like, to me, the running game, everything around it could be better because of that. And I think Tom's going to have a lot of success. Hopefully he stays healthy. That's a big thing as well. Father Tom, I know he does TV 12, and he has his own vitamin line, and he's got his rubber band <laughs> exercises that he does. That stuff's great. I just know. I came into the draft the same year as him. We're the same age. I don't work out as much as him, but I will say this. Father time catches up with you, and that soreness will last a little longer throughout the season. That soreness will come a little more. So, again, just it's really just a luck deal. I've been for, I was fortunate enough not to really be injured throughout my 12 seasons. For him, it's the same thing. So if that's in place and your players are out there, really sky's the limit for this football team. I think everybody is eagerly anticipating it. Sure, you could have some disappointment, but I, I, there's a lot of expectation that it's going to be like an 11 or 12 win season just with all the weapons, the depth for injury, and that kind of thing that we've been talking about. Then again, we could be accused. We're in the Tampa Bay area. We've been affiliated with the Buccaneers. You played for them. We've been around. I've been around a radio broadcast. You have too. We'll see, but there's an air of excitement that's around right now for this team. You've got a role. We do as well. Let me promote for the audience how they find you on social media. Again, one more time, check out Anthony. He's a great follow at Anthony underscore Beck. Look at that smiling face when there, when there are Jet preseason games, and there will be. Anthony's part of the preseason broadcast with Ian Eagle, Peter Schrager there in that photo. But they can keep track of you right here, Anthony underscore Beck, uh, on this. Um, and and uh, you're going to be updating the audience because you've got some different video things that you're going to be doing this season in addition to your Jets coverage, some different podcast things going on. So we want them to lock into you on social media there on your Twitter handle to find out much more. And of course, as much as you let me bother you, I would love to have you back on this podcast and help come on anything that you're doing to help promote. So I always, I always have a special place right here in the heart for Anthony Beck. Keep doing what you're doing there on that. Did I leave anything out? Any, anything else where they can find you, et cetera, et cetera? They can obviously hear you and see you in and around Jets game day when all of that gets rolling, right? You're right, yeah. I'll be obviously working coverage for the Jets uh, for all their uh, pre- and post-game digital and broadcasting platforms for all 16 games this year. Uh, you, you mentioned I have a huge launch of some really cool podcasts where I will uh, get into more specifics. Just follow me on that Twitter handle, Anthony underscore Beck. If you're on Facebook, the Anthony Beck, all these platforms. Also, Anthony underscore Beck for Instagram. You'll get all that information there, and you'll see it. Uh, I'm looking forward to a great season. I'm going to watch a lot of games. And, uh, you know, hopefully we see uh, with our local team here with Tampa, hopefully we see them make the moves and do the things we want them to see. And then uh, hopefully we can finish this season all the way through to week 17 into the playoffs because clearly, TJ, we have a big game here in the end of, well, beginning of February that we would like to at least, you know, enjoy and have fun with, which is the Super Bowl here in Tampa Bay. Well, we hope that it gets to that point. Hope for football progresses along again at the time that we're taping. College games cranking up for Labor Day weekend. Full slate, fuller slate of games coming the following couple of weekends in college and the NFL beginning with that Chiefs-Texans game on Thursday night, uh, the 10th. Uh, we'll get things rolling on the first weekend. Brady and the Bucks against the Saints uh, as part of that first weekend as well. We're anxious for all of it. Anthony, thank you. Great stuff. I appreciate you hanging out with me on Three Dog Thursday, dropping some knowledge on the college and the NFL game. Any way that I can help you, you know that I will do that, but you're going to do great with your own stuff. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure, TJ. Thank you. 
Love it. There's the former New York Jet and Buccaneer, longtime NFL veteran and broadcaster. My thanks also to Brian Edwards, our handicapper from MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider for being part of Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe, subscribe to the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find those, subscribe. Find the YouTube page for Three Dog Thursday to see us with video content as well as hear us. For now, we are done. Thanks for being with us on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.